Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A Whole Lot of Ginger with your host, Kylan Silva. Thank you if you're listening to episode six, because let me tell you, after the statistics of last episode, we are in a great decline over here with our listeners. I've only had 24 listeners to the last episode, so I don't know what's going on, but obviously the people aren't happy, but the people don't give me any feedback. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I'm just going to do me. So here it is. The first thing that we have on the agenda for today is our rant session. And I think this is a very dignified rant session that I'm about to impart on all of you. The U.S. government, the U.S. meant, the U.S., yes, the United States meant, which is the people who make the money, um, they released the American Women Quarters Program. I've been noticing a lot of quarters lately with, you know, the ladies' faces. Good for them. But also, you want to know a fun fact, everyone? Not a single one of those ladies is a redhead. Can you believe it? I can believe it. Not a single one. They're releasing, I don't know, it looks five a year. And not a single one of them is a redheaded individual. I mean, what a be- what better of a platform to talk about this subject matter on than a whole lot of ginger because there's not a whole lot of ginger up in the U.S. men, let me tell you. I mean, they might think we have enough representation because of the penny and that the fact that the color of the penny, they consider the color of our hair, but I don't. I do not consider that enough. You came out with an entire line of women quarters and you can't put a ginger on there. The only person who might be a ginger is some lady named Dr. Mary Edwards Walker, who was a Civil War surgeon. And all of her pictures are in black and white because when was she born? I don't know, the 1800s, whenever the Civil War was, in the 1700s, like a million years ago. So I can't tell. But let me tell you, she doesn't seem like a ginger to me. So yeah, there aren't any. What kind of representation is that for the ginger community? I don't know if I need to make a petition or get involved with other gingers. I don't know how I spread the word except through this. This is an outrage. This right here is an outrage. Anyways, I just, that's my, I just, I can't even comprehend the, not representation, but I'm going to, I'm going to get too upset to keep thinking about it. So we're moving on. What's going on in my life this week? Let me tell you one thing. I have now become famous at the pickleball courts. Someone spread the rumor that I have a podcast. I show up, everyone, oh, I heard you have a podcast. I heard you have a podcast. What's it called? Can I be on your podcast? I love all my pickleball friends. I love you all. You all know who you are. I hope you're listening. I love your interest. Obviously, I need more listeners. But you guys, this is bringing back my statistical age range that now we're shooting to the 50 plus age range. I mean, I love my listeners, but I feel like that's really what we're moving towards is this is a show for the parents age, which you know what? That's all right, because maybe I'm going to start doing stand-up comedy, and you know who pays the bills? It's all you guys, so I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. I love you. I love all my supporters, and I think right now I'm moving to the 50-plus age group is probably going to be my highest support, which am I mad about it? No. But to all my friends, come on. Come on. But to all my friends' parents, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You're doing better than your children are. You are my true fans. So I thank you for that. Here's a topic that 
Just to move right in, I've been wanting to discuss that some people find weird. For all my long-haired folks, you know, you get out of the shower, your hair's dripping wet, what do you do? You throw it up in a towel. Where they have these fancy little towels that are the smaller hair wrap towels, right? So you don't have to have a giant towel wrapped around your head, you're not breaking your neck, you're not trying to get into t-shirts and stretching out your t-shirts, right? Well, what do you guys think? Can you wear your hair towels out in public? Because I do. I wear it in the grocery store, wear it driving around. Like, I don't want my shirt getting all wet. I just got out of the shower. If I got to go run a quick errand, I'm just keeping it on, throwing it up. But some people find that weird. Some people aren't into that. What are our thoughts? What, are the, what, what does the community have to say? Now, I ask this question as a rhetorical question since I know no one will respond. Obviously, if no one can tell, I'm still salty about the subject matter of me losing lots of streams. But you know what? I shouldn't be upset about it. You know why? Because I'm loving, loving, laughing, loving, and pickleballing and podcasting. And you know what? If you don't appreciate it, maybe someone will at some point. I just need to market it better. I need to, I think I'm going to print out some business cards with the thing and just pass them around the town. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. That's about all the stuff I got right off the bat for you guys. Um, I wanted to move in to a fun story time. And then I was going to also give my long spiel today is going to be my book journey. How I've gotten so into reading books and just where that has taken me. So that's what you have to look forward to on this episode. And last but not least, I'm going to give a recommendation for one of my favorite places to get a little sweet treat in Hawaii. So stick around for all that good stuff. First up, how I felt one summer at the beach in North Carolina when I thought I was a bad bitch. How old was I, you might ask? Whatever year Camp Rock came out in, that's how old I was. Young, younger. And we've rented the same house for a long time. It's on a cul-de-sac. We're one off the beach, right? So... Whoop-dee-doo, we're at the, we're in the curve. And one year, it must have been the summer that Camp Rock came out. Because I was just obsessed with the playlist. And there's this one year, everyone, there were these cute boys, I guess, across the street who invited me and my cousins to go play a little game of baseball in the cul-de-sac, right? But I was like, no, I'm not going to join. I'm going to sit on our balcony. Not even sit. I'm going to stand and pace with my little iPod. Not even an iPod touch. It still had the scrolly middle button with a little screen at the top. With my iPod, put in my headphones. And I am going to listen to Asta La Vista in Camp Rock. And I'm going to sing it to myself on the balcony as I watch everyone else play the game and hope that these cute boys from across the street will notice me. Hasta la vista, baby. I don't want to say goodbye to you. Whatever happens, I'll be cool with you. Want to give me a number? I call you. Promise I won't forget you. Just like that. And I was standing up there on top of the world, the coolest girl in all the lands. Anyone else? Can anyone relate to that? Because that was me. And I solely remember that empowering bad bitch energy that I had in that moment. 
And that's when I knew I was going to dominate the world. Because if you can be confident in doing that, I mean, you can you can truly do anything you set your mind to. I hope that my youthfulness has inspired you guys as much as it has inspired me. Because we're going to move right in to my book journey. Are you guys ready for this? If you didn't know, I'm a big reader. My goal this year is to read 100 books. I'm on book 19 as we speak. So I'm doing pretty good. I'm on track for what I, I, I wish maybe I would have read one more book in the month of February, but that's all right. We're on track. But let's take it back to day one, right? You begin reading as a young child. I don't remember that, of course, because my memory is awful. But I remember reading books as a kid. We have Junie B. Jones, Little the Boxcar Children, Magic Treehouse, all that good stuff, right? I read it all. My love for reading. When does the first serious book happen? In my mind, it was the Harry Potter series. They were those first chunky books that people started to read at my school. And mind you, I went to a Catholic elementary middle high school, right? So when I'm in Catholic elementary and middle school, we start reading the books. I don't even remember what grade it was. It was early though, like late elementary, early middle. I think I, I can't remember, but whenever anyone started reading them, right? My dad's totally into it. So I read the books, of course, amazing, loved them. The first big chunky books. And you're like, all the other kids at school are reading them. So you're all talking about them at lunch, right? Well, there was a certain sect of kids at the school who were not allowed to read the books. This is a Catholic school. This is witchcraft we're talking about. Do the witchcrafts and Catholics go together? No, they don't. I'll answer that for you. They do not go together. So some parents ban their kids from anything to do Harry Potter because they thought their kids were going to be obsessed with witchcraft. Which I'm like, all right, you're just starting your kids off for a disaster at this point. I'm sorry to any of my parents' listeners who, t- like, did that to their kids, but come on. It's Harry Potter. You think they're going to pick up a stick and cast spells? Because let me tell you, yes, they will. I did it. That's exactly what I did. But did that mess me up? Or have anything... When I was picking up sticks and whittling them down to make them smooth and spray painting them and making my Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange costume for Halloween... Was I not thinking about Jesus? I mean, no, I wasn't thinking about Jesus, but was it replacing Jesus? No, it was not replacing Jesus. Come on, you guys. Come on. Seriously? It's, of course, we all wanted it to be real. We all sat there on our 11th birthday and prayed and hoped and wished. It's not religion, though. Come on, people. I don't know what those crazy, crazy people were thinking. Freaking parents, man. It's Harry Potter. Those poor kids, too. They raised such losers, right? The rest of us were nerding out, making friendships that'll last a lifetime, making memories, getting excited for the movies, making Halloween costumes, you know? Those poor kids, none of it. They didn't get any of it. None of it. Because their parents said, oh, no, it's bad. It's bad. It's not bad. It's Harry Potter world. It's like telling your kid they can't watch Disney. Like, come on. If you can watch The Little Mermaid and believe that mermaids are real, I think you can believe about the witches and wizards. It's really, it's not that serious. But anyways, that's that was the birthplace of my reading, I think, especially in Harry Potter. But we move on past that, and we're moving into middle school. So, 
We're in middle school, and what the heck are we reading? Well, let me tell you, dystopian novels. I don't know what was going on when my generation was in middle school, but oh my God. We were obsessed with the freaking future and that it would look awful, that it would just be so messed up. We were like, this is what we're into. I vividly remember, this could be a blurred memory, but this is what I've put together. I'm in Spanish class in, I don't know, middle school, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. I can't remember what year. And I think it was my friend Delaney. She was one of my neighbors, lived very close to me, love her. And I think maybe one of her older siblings was reading The Hunger Games. And so she picked it up and started like, I remember that was the first impression I had before all the craze took off, before the movies, right? She was reading around the books. And I remember her being like, oh my God, there's like killer. It was like rabbits or squirrels or monkeys or something. I think it was the second book where they've got like the monkeys that attack. And I remember her saying that and I was just like, what kind of messed up books is this girl reading? Like that is so strange, right? But I was a huge book nerd and I just immediately was a hater. Well, I was thinking wrong because then I read those books and was like, this is the best shit I've ever read, right? Throw some divergent at me. Oh my God. I am all about it, right? We were eating that shit up. Did our parents not, were they not putting two and two together of what all of us were reading? We're just all so excited that the world is going to end and it's just going to turn into love stories and craziness. Come on. What, literally, adults, what, were, did any of you know what we were reading? Because that's what everybody was reading. Like, I was over here reading... So the top two probably were Hunger Games and Divergent. You have the Matched series. I don't know if anyone remembers those. The Selection. Recently, within the last six months, I read the Red Queen series, another book, which, of course, I didn't read in middle school, but I read them now. And that's a huge... Still, the teens are obsessed with dystopian. I, I, I went to the teen section in the library, right? They're all the dystopian novels. Still, they're still pumping them out. I don't know what is up with the age range of like middle school to like early high school age where you just love the idea of the world ending. It must be because middle school and the start of high school are just terrible. So you're looking for an escape and I guess you don't want a happy escape. You're just, you're like, let me see the world end. And let's see some gross hobo-esque people fall in love and take on the world. Uh, it's crazy. But I, st- I mean, I still enjoy a good dystopian novel or TV show to this day. Honestly, I do. I truly think that genre, uh, it's transformative. It's great. It had me hooked on books. I loved it. But there's only so much dystopian you can read, you know, for a while until... You just, you need something else. So what did I move into in my college era? I started into my true crime, my psychological thrillers, stuff like that, right? I got big into reading true crime when I was in a class about serial killers. And that just evolved me into reading psychological thrillers, which are great. And I love them so much. The number one psychological thriller that I have ever read that I recommend to every single person if you want a nail-biting book that is just great is The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides, I think is how you spell his last name. I don't know. But just look up The Silent Patient. You will not be disappointed. Five out of five stars. 
One of the only books I get five out of five stars to. I think it is so amazing. And that just sent me on my psychological thriller journey. And slash kind of a touch into the cop novels. I don't love full cop because I don't love all the terminology and having to deal with all that stuff in the books. But move into The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I think that's a great series towards the end. Once it becomes, uh, once the guy who had written them, he died and they tried to continue on the books and someone else was writing. I didn't love them as much. But the OG ones are great. Some of my other favorite authors, B.A. Paris, Lisa Jewell, Sharia Lampina. I don't know if I'm butchering that, but all of those authors write great psychological thrillers. And I think the reason they're so entertaining is they're easy to read books. They have a little bit of love in them and they just have good plot twists throughout. You're on the edge of your seat. You're excited for the ending. They're not too long. They're not too overdone. And they're just good, exciting books to read. Lucy Foley is another great author. And I just love their books. And I love also finding authors who only have two to three books out. So then when you see during the year, like, oh, they're publishing another book this year. It's something excited. And I have a couple authors like that where I wait every year for a new book to come out. And it keeps me on the edge of my seat. It keeps me excited. I don't, it's sometimes hard for me to get into authors where they already have like 30 books out. And I'm trying to get through them all, but you don't want to read all 30 at the same time. But if they have three to four out, you're like, I can read those three and you like them, then you're excited and it's fun. And I just, I really enjoyed that during college. I tried to dabble into, you know, the poetry or self-help. I cannot read a self-help book for the life of me. It is not interesting. I cannot get through it. It's, to me, the equivalent of reading a college textbook. Not, it is not my cup of tea, right? And especially during college, I think my reading went down a lot because I was, reading all day long for school, studying, reading, reading, reading. So when you have free time, you don't want to read as much. But when I was sitting on the beach on the weekends, I was powering through books, especially towards the end. At the start, not as much, but towards the end, I was down in books. It was great. And that brings me to kind of end of college, post-college. Now, let's talk about Colleen Hoover. She has taken off. It ends with us. She blew up. Right? I have read probably 10 of her novels so far, and I have loved every single one of them. She combines love, but not just a romance novel. She has a little psychological thriller mixed in. And I think the reason people like them is because it brings in the hardcore psychological thriller people, like her book Verity. You got that. Then you throw in more romance, people who love the romance. And she puts them together. So it's not just a stupid romance book where you're reading the same plot and you know what will happen. She throws in twists and turns. She makes it interesting. I think they're good. And they're easy reads, right? She's tailoring it to people where you might like reading, but maybe you are you don't want to go sit down and read 300 pages. She's making them shorter. She's making them easier to read. And she's keeping people entertained. And she knows that if she has her top five books are all page turners, then everyone's going to read all their books. And that's my goal right now is I'm trying to get through a lot of her books. I feel like a lot of people too right now are into a lot of romance novels. You have The Unhoneymooners, which I enjoyed. It was a good book, but I'm not a big romance gal. I don't, I don't love those novels as much as other stuff. I just kind of feel like, you know, it's two people and there's some problem and there's tension but then they're going to make it in the end. 
and you kind of already already know the ending. And that's why I'm always just like, eh, it's not my favorite. But two other books that I also found was The Song of Achilles and Circe. Those ones were great. A little period piece, but make it, I, I mean, they didn't even make it modern. She just, the author made her they them interesting. They're great books. And I'm totally here for book talk and people giving recommendations. I have so many great books that I want to read, just finding them through TikTok and other people saying they love these and recommend, like, you can find so many people who have been like, oh, I've read 10 of the books they've read and they're recommending these three. You know you're going to like them. And I love that option nowadays that you can just dive in and read some great books. So that's really been my book journey. And now I'm I'm just trying to, you know, read another 80 books by the end of this year, which I think I can do. So if you guys have any recommendations, let me know. I just read the first Stranger Things novel that they officially came out with. It's a partner novel. That was amazing. I've been trying to read a little more romance. I read a book called The Bodyguard. I'm about to read Drunk on Love. I'm trying to throw that into the mix so it's not all psychological thriller. And I'm also trying to get back in touch with memoirs. I love a good memoir, especially in high school. I read, like, The Glass Castle, read Hillbilly Elegy. Recently, I read Educated. I think memoirs are super interesting, too, and just good to help promote to share the people who wrote them for, you know, putting themselves out there in the world. So if anyone has any book recommendations, let me know. If you guys want me to ever go through my top books that I've read, let me know, too. And if you guys want to follow my journey as I read 100 books this year, if you follow my TikTok, which is Awesome Genji, I do a little book review and rating after every book that I read. So all of the ones for this year are already up there, and there'll be more to come. I mean, it's two to three books per week, so you can be reading a lot. If anyone's in a book club and wants me to join or wants to start one with me, let me know. I can crank some books out. I'm always open to the idea. But yeah, that's basically my book journey in short, sweet, you know, what I can think of. It, it wasn't too detailed because I didn't want to bore you with book titles and author names and everything. But if people are really interested in it, I can definitely do a deeper dive and outline more and give a ton more book suggestions. I have so, so many authors, books for people to read in lots of different genres if people are interested. So yeah, uh, I think I guess my last note would be if you are looking for more of a, you know, self-help type of book, not even self-help though, it's just outlining self-help, but more of a think novel, Mitch Albon, I discovered him this summer and he writes some amazing books that really make you think and have really good deep meanings behind them. So yeah, that, that, those are my opinions on books. That's, that's my book journey. That's what we're dealing with. So I hope you all enjoyed all my journey about books. Lastly, for this episode, I'm going to give you a little recommendation, place to eat next time you guys find yourself in Hawaii on the great island of Oahu. I'm going to talk about banan. To any of you who have eaten at banan, you know, it's amazing. 
So you know how everyone loves acai bowls. Yes, I can recommend good acai bowl places. Maybe I will in another episode, but let me unlock for you something a little different than acai when you want a little more ice cream, but you don't want actual ice cream. You don't want acai. You want banana. They take bananas and turn it into basically the ice cream, banana-esque ice cream or banana-esque acai right? And they have all of these, it's very like acai bowl-esque. So you get your banan and you can have it made in many different ways. My go-to was the Rismore, which was banan swirled with acai. And then you get pineapple, strawberry, puffed quinoa, coconut, and honey. But I would never get coconut and honey, and I would get papaya on there. And then I would get a scoop of mac nut butter, which is macadamia nut butter, and a scoop of macnella, which is like Nutella, but made with mac nuts, because I don't like Nutella, but I hands down love macnella. It's delicious. I knew many people who would get basically like a peanut butter and chocolate one that people loved, like, loved you guys. And people would get the Chunkadelic, which was just the banana flavor um, with the mac nut butter, some dark chocolate granola, shaved coconut honey. It's, it's really truly like ice cream, but it's a dairy-free soft served made from bananas. And so you can make it a little more sweet than acai or make it a little less sweet than ice cream. It's just the perfect mix of two. They stack it high. I'll throw some pictures on the Instagram. Check it out. If you ever find yourself in Hawaii, they have the cutest little shop right downtown Waikiki, right near the Cheesecake Factory. You can check it out. They have other destinations too but it's great. It's so, so delicious. So that is my recommendation for this episode. I crave it and I did not want to share because of how much I want it and just talking about it makes me want it, but I did have to share. So that's me sharing. Anyways, I think that's all for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and staying through episode six. I'm going to try to market it more. If you guys want to market me at all too, go for it. I'm just here trying to get more people to listen, trying to get more people to live, laugh, love, pickleball, and podcast, as you know. So anyways, remember, redheads do it better.